Hey there. Thanks for listening to the Trophy Husbands podcast. Make sure you look us up on Instagram at Trophy Husbands Pod and be sure to send in your recommendations and your requests for our Trophiest Husband competition. Enjoy the episode. Welcome back to Trophy Husbands, your least favorite uncle's most favorite podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Should we should we introduce ourselves in case people who like are jumping on on this one don't know us, or should we just be like, you just should figure it out? Uh, Well, well, now you've put us in an awkward spot where if we say no, we're we're directly (laughs) trying to like take it out on the newcomers. So. Yeah, that's true. But that has kind of been a theme of this podcast. If that's you're a newcomer, true. we don't really you want to you earn here. our respect. All right. Well, it's a no from me. I'm not introducing myself this week. <laughs> I'm gonna stay nice and anonymous. I'm gonna say some flagrant things, and you won't know who's saying them. <laughs> could be James. Could be actually, Joe, could be Sam. <laughs> we keep it anonymous intentionally so that none of this can be used against exactly. us. <laughs> allegedly (laughs) i said this on my podcast but you can't prove it (laughs) you don't know if it was one of the other guys it's such a rainy day here guys like it is a true east coast nova scotia day just gray and it was snowing here it didn't like it didn't stick but it was snowing yeah it's it's a bit like Uh, i don't know it's a bit of a sad day like weather wise I feel like it's just like broody, like it just makes you want to listen to something, something in the way. Like, right, that's uh, that's two episodes in a row where Sam brings uh, yeah, up something in the way. I'm going for a streak here. I'm going for... Should that be the new intro song? Should we just uh, get rid of all of Jake Bell's hard work and just intro every episode with Nirvana instead? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I haven't even listened to it. What, Joe? That should yeah. be your song of the week. Uh, I don't like that album actually. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did listen to your recommended album. <clears throat> I actually, I should clarify. I listened to the first like four songs. Um, <laughs> but Chloe is really solid, and it's nice. on my playlist. Yeah, I I did listen to Chloe as well. It was good. I liked it. It's. I like the old timey stuff. The lyrics are I bet. weird. You warned us about this. I warned you. I, ha- I still <laughs> I haven't listened to it since then. I do not know what they are, but I was like, odds are, <laughs> it's a little weird. But uh, <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I'm delivered. going more. I'm going a little more mainstream today. Oh, that's good. I actually I have to tell you. So when you recommended Viva mm-hmm. La Vida, that was in my head, nice. and I was like, Viva La Vida. So I was trying to find music to listen to, and I was like. Wow, Joe talked about Viva La Vida. Let's pull that up. And I just went on like a hard like trek into that album. So I've been listening to it for like three weeks. Wow, that's a lot. You might have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right, podcast over. Intervention begins. James, (laughs) (laughs) you need to talk. 
<laughs> Do you remember the time where I boldly made the claim that I could list every Coldplay song in existence? In, not not <laughs> only did he say he could name every Coldplay song in existence, he said he could recite them in order of track listing chronologically <laughs> from album to album in perfect order. Uh, and to be okay, fair, let's... I think you got about like 60%, which is much better than I would have thought. I did. I think I did very well considering how bold the claim was. Mm. <laughs> That's like ninety songs. Like, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Coldplay. So um, this week, I thought it would, we we had a conversation topic planned, which I still think would be really interesting. We were going to talk about why we stay Catholic in a broken church, um, but that topic is too heavy for the rainy day I'm experiencing. Um, and Salmon and I yeah. <laughs> Sorry It's not even that funny <laughs> I don't know how that happened like... <laughs> Sam and I Got into a conversation um, Prior to the recording of this podcast About um, Evangelization And kind of our specific like gifting In the areas of ministry you know, all of us have been like if you listen to our profile episodes, um, all of us mm-hmm. have been really involved in ministry at some point. Um, I'm still working in ministry. Joe, you're still working in for ministry the next two for days, the rest of the week, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you will not be. <laughs> then I'll be in law um, enforcement. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Because God is um, a harsh judge uh, who wants to condemn us all. <laughs> In that sense, yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, being a missionary is like being a policeman for Jesus. Mm, That Uh, that sounds, (laughs) oh, that sounds so horrific. (laughs) (laughs) So which topic thinks that? (laughs) Which topic are we talking about again? The broken church or evangelization? No, we're talking about evangelization. We're talking about evangelization. (laughs) Maybe I should change. My album pick was definitely based off of our conversation topic. Uh, So maybe I'll adjust, or maybe not. It doesn't matter. We'll see how it goes. It's probably still a good album. I trust your music taste a lot. Um. So. So yeah, we. I think that we've all developed some fairly, you know, controversial opinions about ministry at some point or mm-hmm. another. I think that's kind of the point of like being in your twenties. It's law enforcement. Um, <laughs> it's law enforcement. Uh, um, so yeah, why don't we start with Joe? Tell us about the project that you've been working on for Net. Uh, is it classified? The last couple first? Of yeah, it <clears> is. Uh, but the good thing is, uh, Spotify has this feature where we can limit like security right. clearances. So actually, the only people who can hear uh, this episode have top secret security clearance. Sick, um, perfect. So awesome. now that now that only Ideal. the cool kids are here. Um, <laughs> okay, well, you wanna you wanna jump <clears throat> in on this? Okay, so basically, we'll, just to give some context as to why this is a good topic for yeah. Years. So we've been working. Uh, this is like the project I'm ending on. Uh, is working on how do you teach people how to be how to evangelize right evangelizing Mm. uh, if anyone is unfamiliar with that phrase is essentially spreading the gospel which means the good news so if you're if you're catholic if you're christian it's that jesus has saved you jesus died for your sins you are saved um you know 
restoring uh, our relationship with God, all of that good stuff. So how do you teach people to do that? How do you help people be better at that? Uh, and I definitely have a controversial take on this topic uh, because a lot of people in general think that you can provide formulas and plans and mm, silver bullets and stages that will guide people through a process and i don't think that that works at all i think it is highly problematic i think it leads to a lot of manipulative behavior i think it leads to people feeling used and getting hurt um mm, yeah so uh, i mean on my end a lot of this project i've been working on has been me pushing back on a lot of the common like the common knowledge i guess common practices and being like i hear you that this is what everyone does and this is what they're saying uh but we should be doing something different and not doing that because you can't make people convert or if you are you are definitely doing something wrong yeah um you are verging into <clears throat> colonizing and uh <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of other problematic behaviors <laughs> yeah um, yeah. I mean, so that's, that's where I, that's my project. That's what I've been working on. I, I do think it's really cool. Sorry, go for it. Oh, go for it, James. You, you started. No, no, first. no. You. Oh, you're, you're too kind. <laughs> 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 uh, this, this is, uh, <laughs> this is a, this is a conversation we had, uh, Kristen and Joe over for brunch, uh, last weekend, uh, two weekends Something ago. Like and and, like, it's a conversation that Joe and I had as well, which, like, I think we were on the same page for the most part, but it, it, was, it was very interesting to, like, yeah, it is, we, we have experienced, the three of us, in ministry, and we, I think we <laughs> all have experience in having that freedom of, in in the the kind of evangelistic approach where you, you you can do what you can approach it how you want and then we also have that experience in the context of like people people telling us like this is a formula that you can use for ministry and i think i think all of us the, all the three of us have expressed just discomfort yeah. with that yeah James, you're nodding too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think, I think Joe, you you described like you know this one end of the spectrum is like a form of ministry that's very rigid, which is I think, I think a lot of the conversation you know or the, the common knowledge as you called it, um, that's going on right now is is actually centered around that. It's like how do we create a very rigid program of formation and i want to say too like i think that the people who are doing that are not doing so from a place of like we just want to manipulate people into loving mm. jesus you know I, what i mean i genuinely yeah, believe absolutely that. i think they're super villains but you can think that if, yeah. if you want you <laughs> they're good people <laughs> yeah no i genuinely believe that they're coming from a good place and not only that i think that a lot of their thought around these these ideas or these like formulas are based to some degree on real world experience. I think though, and this is this is very much how like I think all of our brains work, is like 
<clears throat> when I hear somebody say, when I did this specific thing, this happened, I, it's very rare that I would be like, oh, it's because you followed this exact formula to get here. Mm. Um, it's very rare that I would like, so I'm, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, my mother-in-law was telling me today about somebody giving par- parish renewal advice. And they said that when you set up a, if you were, if you're ever to set up a parish coffee shop, don't put tables because tables creates consumers. People should just come get their coffee and stand around and chat. And I was like, I don't think that that's true. <laughs> I think that you tried that at your parish and it worked in your specific setting because you were reaching the needs of the people, but you didn't dig mm. deeper to ask like, okay, it's not that having tables in a coffee shop creates consumers. There's more to it than, than just having tables or not having tables, right? Um, and so that's very much, <laughs> that's, that's how I think I like to think about things is I'm like, every time somebody says, oh, I have this tried and tested formula and it works. Like my kind of my internal response is like, I believe you. I'm sure that you've tried this and it's produced some fruit. But I don't think that it's necessarily because you did this specific <laughs> thing that it worked. I think it's because yeah. of a whole lot of factors that we can get into, right? Like, uh, like, and and the the main factor being the work of the Holy Spirit. Also, but, like people like coffee, um, you know. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a big factor yeah. <laughs> there as well. It's like, oh, we set up a coffee shop. We didn't put tables. People loved it. I'm like, yeah, because you were giving them free coffee. They would have <laughs> loved it regardless yeah. of tables. <laughs> And so, yeah, anyway, so I think, I think there's like on one end, it's like almost viewing ministry as algebra where it's like, you know, X equals Y. When we do this, then this will happen. That's like the extreme end. Um, And then I think that there is actually another extreme that's like, there is no, there is nothing to be learned from the experience of other people in ministry. Everything is like trial and error, open field, figure it out as you go and i think that um i had a really great conversation with um with somebody else in ministry the other day and i really liked how what she said she said um formation ministry evangelization is not um linear which is how most of us approach approach ministry it's like all right step one step two step step three and we define exactly what those stages are and so you work through that it's not linear but what it is is it is ordered and it is modular. So there are things in evangelization and information that are important for people to experience. Um, and there is like, in some sense, like they do build on yeah. each other. You know what I mean? It's like, we can't dive deep into the church's theological teaching about sexuality without first having some understanding of like the church's understanding of love, right? So there is an order to yeah. things in the sense that like they build on onto each other. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can describe everything in extremely clear, concrete stages mm. um, and try to move people through them. It's more so like you have to be able to know the person in front of you and also know the content or the you know the vast library that we have of formation really well to be able to understand, okay, this is where this person is at right now and this is what they need mm. from the treasury of faith. Mm, yeah. James, well, everything you're saying is good. It's just, it's tragic because you, you mispronounced linear and now everything you said is invalid. 
Um, and I can't, I can't take it seriously. Uh, <laughs> How do you pronounce it? I, like, <laughs> did he mispronounce it? I didn't hear it. It's not like I pronounced it. No, I'm pretty sure you say Lanier. Lanier? Lanier, Lanier versus Lanier. Maybe you're just going too quick, but uh, instead of Lanier... Linear, <laughs> you <funny>. said linear. <laughs> yeah, like what what you said there, it reminds me like it reminds me like one of our one of our friends um reached out and was like, Okay, this person is asking me why Catholics like save sex till after marriage. And it's like realistically, the Catholic teaching behind that is so much deeper than what they are expecting and it's so hard when they're like okay what's what's the church's teaching on this because like when 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 our friend asked i just like i was like okay i'll just pull out the church (laughs) teaching and i was just like describing it and it was like really deep to to be telling someone who has no idea yeah. what church teaching is and what like the church's understanding of love is to to be hearing that those kinds of things and so it's like it's really hard at that point to communicate that message without a prior message being communicated to them yeah as well but then at the same time you can't sit down and be like all right everything is going to happen in this order. This is the yeah. curriculum that, no. that we're going to work through, right? So I'm... Um, yeah. <clears throat> the other half of my job is I'm a, I'm a youth minister, so I do half time at a chaplaincy, half time at a, as a youth minister. Um, <clears throat> and actually, like, just insane. Like, I'm, a, I'm almost ashamed to say this because I was in youth ministry Good. for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I was in youth ministry for two years and I grew up in youth ministry. But I was very skeptical that true fruit could come out of youth ministry, except in very specific circumstances with very specific kids from very specific families. Mm. Um, so you had a formula? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so, actually. Yeah, you did. <laughs> the formula was they already need to be basically fully formed under the yeah. circumstances, and then it'll work. That was the point. Anyway, so I, I came to this parish, and my mistake at the last parish, like, if, if you want to know more about my mistakes, I have a whole podcast episode with Ned, but um, my mistake at, one of my biggest mistakes in my last parish was I came in, and I said, this is what we're doing. And it just, like, changed everything. Um, so this time, I kind of, like, I tried to come in and, and sort of get a feel for, like, what was going on and what the need was. Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm putting on my overall straps. He's been there. I'm sure you guys Sorry. Have seen the shimmy that he just did. Yeah, he's been sitting there immodestly, I must say, uh, with only one overall strap done up over his t-shirt, and he just he just fixed it. Thank you, Sam. You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm sorry, James. Carry on. Yeah. No. So anyway, anyway, so I came in and um, and. I felt convicted. I really wanted to do like a small group approach to discipleship. So we like split the students up into small groups and I purchased a program <laughs> called Why Disciple um, from NetUSA. And I honestly, I didn't know what to think. I was just like, okay, we'll just see what happens. But one of the huge pieces of Why Disciple is they basically developed like this massive library of resources. So they have tons of faith studies on the Holy Spirit, personal prayer, the moral life, discipleship, 
Um, and then they also have a bunch of like non-video activities that you can do with your group. And what they do is they say, start with the first study about discipleship. And then after that, show them the library and ask them what they want to learn, like where they want to go. Because mm. what, what we want to do is we don't want to say, all right, this is what we're going to teach you. We want to help them take ownership of their faith so that when they're not in youth group anymore, they can still like <clears throat> manage without us telling them what to do and where to go. So you show them yeah. the library. The library is all good, catechetically approved, like solid content. And they choose what to do. And then as a small group leader, you kind of guide them. And you're not supposed to go faith study to faith study. Like you're supposed to break it up with times of just going out and like serving together or just hanging out. Like <clears throat> in a couple of weeks, I'm going to take my guys for a trip to McDonald's. Like we're just going to leave youth group and go to McDonald's just because. Um, I wasn't sure how it was going to work. And oh my gosh, like it's been three weeks, literally just three weeks. And we procla- we proclaimed the basic gospel message like it was in one of the faith studies and um some of our students like were like caught to the heart like moved to tears and like wanted to go home and just start praying and like the guys in my group and the girls in the in the other small group like they're opening up like crazy and sharing just like mm. so deeply and so openly with us about like their desire to go deeper with Jesus, but their struggles like being the Christian kid and you know what I mean? Just like all of these things. And I'm like, what is happening? You know what I mean? I had, yeah. I didn't expect any of this when I came in. I was just like, yeah, we'll probably journey with them for like three years and like it's not gonna get real till they like kinda grow up. You know what I mean? So what um, you're saying is why disciple is the perfect ministry tool. <laughs> that is the algebra equation. That's, that's the equation. For ministry. Um but one of the, like honestly, this is one of the pieces that I love about Y Disciple is they're like, don't use just our resources. They were like, here are some resources. Here are some other ones that we recommend. And if you find other ones that are good and solid, then use them. Like it's not about like sticking within yeah. a program or a framework or a curriculum. They're like, it's about reaching your young people, listening to them, meeting them where they're at, helping yeah. them take ownership. And it's just a whole other approach to ministry than anything that I've seen before. That's like, all right. When they're in this stage, give them this. When they're in this stage, give them this. It's like, yeah. if if they're hungry, which, and we were talking about this before, like, you can't really journey with people who aren't. If they're hungry, like, let them decide where things are going to go and walk alongside them instead of saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is the plan. Follow me, you know? Yeah. I think, I yeah, I, I just had a personal experience as well. Like, <clears throat> I've been in a situation with uh sean i know we we keep name dropping him but like i i led sean in a faith study and it wasn't sorry it wasn't anything about the faith study that like like so again i don't want to fall into this trap of saying that i did it because i know it wasn't it was god I just want to clarify that. But, like, God brought about his conversion through our fellowship between me and him. Mm. Like, what developed as I led him in that faith study was genuine friendship. And that allowed us to grow in our faith together. Even though, like, the way that he saw me was, like... And I remember for, like, the first year of our friendship, he'd be, like oh, that's Sam, that's my faith study leader. And, like, he'd keep going to that point because he, he, like, he saw me as, like, a, a, a spiritual kind of leader above him. 
but but then in the past year or so like it's it's like we we are really like just like we're we're friends we're we're pals um yeah. like we we mess around a lot now and it's just like it's developed into this friendship where he's part of of our men's group here in ottawa and and we're journeying in our faith together yeah. are you um, um still saved <clears throat> in his phone as sam win cco <laughs> oh maybe maybe i might ask <laughs> so okay or, sorry no, i actually just changed his contact last week from sean brownrig outreach <laughs> no, no, no i'm kidding beautiful uh, <laughs> so this is my this is my big glory story sam like off of your point this is like probably my favorite thing that's happened in the ministry that we've been doing at the parish um one of the guys uh, in the young adult community is leading our middle school guys. And you guys have done middle school ministry before. You know yeah. it's n- that it's not easy. <laughs> Hellish. <laughs> <laughs> so he's really a saintly patient dude. And, um, and one of the things that I asked them to do is watch the material before they come so they're prepared. So he watched the video and he shows up at youth um, and we're having like our prep meeting before. And um, he pulls me aside and he's like, yeah, so I watched the video and it's not for them. Like this, the stuff that's in here is like way, it's going to go way over their heads. They're not going to enjoy it. They're not going to get into it. I just, I don't think that it's right. And I was like, fantastic. Like don't show it. Yeah. So he, yeah. he didn't show the video. Um, and instead he sat down with his guys all night and he just asked them questions. Like he was like, what kind of games do you guys want to play? What kind of topics are you interested in? What kind of snacks do you like? And then for the rest of the night, he played tag with them. And he was so tired. Mm. <laughs> um, but mm. I was just like, this is a man who understands what we're talking about. Like that formation is, uh, you know, modular and ordered and modular and customizable. Like he's like, okay, there is an order to this and they're not ready for this place and that's okay i'm just gonna sit here with them and meet them where they're at and help them with what they need until they want to go to that next step and um i just think that that's amazing that's so cool i was just thinking about like uh, okay one of my biggest beefs with a lot of the ways people talk about faith development and things like that is that they come at it and they're like you learn about Jesus and then you have a conversion and then you are growing and then you are becoming mature, whatever. And then you're done. And now you're going to go make a million disciples of your own and whatever. And one of the biggest roadblocks there for me is just like the obvious lack of like regression. Like anyone Mm. I think who's an adult with faith has told you that there's been a time where they were, severely challenged where they maybe weren't even practicing for a bit and not even because they didn't believe they're just like wow like i'm going through it or maybe they maybe they really were questioning it and i'm like where does this fit into all of uh, of where does this fit into your scale <laughs> yeah. because i know people yeah who are catholic like word word you could say growing or developing their faith who have like left the faith or stopped practicing like fell off the wagon in some way and it's like okay well either you have now broken the model and you are screwed because we didn't account for this and there's no solution <laughs> because you aren't growing right now and you are but you should be in our like plan or the whole thing is actually not based on just 
how life works and what happens to people. Yeah. Like, I'm reading this other book now um, that was recommended to me by a friend who knows a lot more than I do. Um, and it talks about, like, every time your faith changes and develops and matures, and this book identifies, like, these stages of faith. It's not a it's not Catholic or Christian book. It's, like, a universal study that was coming. But it talks about, like, there's a death that you experience. Like, your entire... <laughs> this is one of my favorite quotes from Hot Rod, but like, I love that movie. But like, your entire universe is shattered every time. <laughs> every time, like, if you go from like, God is this big man in the sky, and you, and then mm. you go to, if you take a step towards like, well, maybe he's actually more of like a, a person or like a, a, a parent, or maybe he's, you know, a, a friend. Like anything, those are earth-shatteringly different statements. Yeah. That will fundamentally yeah. change the way you perceive everything. And, like, that's huge and not addressed, I think, in the way we approach most people if we're going to line up things. Like, another thing is, like, I was talking to my mom, who, like, knows a good bit of stuff about the faith, but I don't know if she's, like, leaned into, like, the whole evangelization thing maybe as much because it's, like, my job. But we were just talking about this project I was doing and, and the ideas behind it just to see how she felt. Because I love, like, I love an outside opinion who maybe isn't as deep into it as I am, who can kind of call out, like, you know, you've got lost in the details and you aren't seeing the truth anymore. You're too deep in it. You're too deep in your theories. And I explained, like, these models with stages of, like, we're going to classify you as this or this. She, her reaction was basically, like, how dare you try to tell me my spiritual journey in one word? of where i am yeah you yeah. think you can yeah. sum me up in one neat little word to Absolutely. describe yeah. all the nuance and all the different aspects of my faith and i was like damn yeah <laughs> and I, yeah i think i really want to i really want to really make this distinction because i actually do believe stages are good as a diagnosis but not as a like roadmap procedure. yeah procedure like um, and Joe, we, we've talked mm-hmm. about this book before, but I love the book I Once Was Lost. Mm-hmm. It's really helped form kind of my understanding of ministry. Um, and it's the book where the, the concept of the five thresholds in, initially came from. And then Sherry Waddell kind of popularized it for the Catholic Church and forming intentional disciples. But um, this book was written by two guys from InterVarsity. And it's hilarious because my understanding of the thresholds before I read this book was like, so the five thresholds are like the stages that people generally cross when they're going from like no no relationship with Jesus, the church, into like discipleship. Um, so they outline it, trust, curiosity, openness, seeking, conversion. Um, and what I like, what I love about this book is basically like these five thresholds didn't come from them saying, all right, this is the plan. Here's the path that we're going to take people through. It came, it came from, they actually witnessed thousands of conversions on campus and when they looked at the stories, they were like, oh, this is what happened like every single time. And their kind of approach and understanding of the thresholds is like, you don't move people through the thresholds. The Holy Spirit moves people through the thresholds on his time and on on their initiative. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do is we use the thresholds to be able to see, okay, you know, we were talking about like formation building on itself. Um, there are some things that I would say 
to a person who is seeking that I wouldn't say to a person who's just coming to trust somebody who is a Christian. Um, And so it's more about pastorally responding to somebody based off of where they're at, as opposed to this is the plan, let's move people through it. Um, Absolutely. And I think that's that's an important distinction to make because I don't want to come across as being like, any form of like stages or analysis of what's happening in somebody's faith life is wrong. I think that there actually is merit and value to that in being able to understand and respond to them. But at the same time, we can't just, and this is like you were talking about getting caught up in the details, Joe, like we can't just lock ourselves up in our room with our whiteboards and sticky notes and decide the path of conversion that (laughs) somebody is going to take. You know what I mean? I think think there's a big difference between those two things. I think the danger is in seeing, so the thresholds, there are five words, right, that describe each one. And I think some people can see that as enough to describe what's going on. Mm. To say someone is seeking is not, like, that's not quite enough. That's not appropriate. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, maybe. What does that mean? You know, and it's gotten to the point where I'm like, these are these are good to give you just like the vaguest sense of sort of things to look for. But it pales in comparison to just getting to know a person yeah, and understanding them. And that goes so much deeper. And you're going to have to do that to know them anyways. And yeah. I just think like, okay, this is how I understood it. Of like, I can hand you... <clears throat> Like, I, I, we could look at a group of people and I could tell you, you know, 65% of these people hate dogs. But every time you meet someone, you know, it's like, okay, well, maybe this is one of the 65. But it like, when you find any one person in that crowd, you knowing that 65% of this crowd hates dogs doesn't actually tell you anything about this person. Right. Maybe they only yeah. hate some dogs. Maybe they it describes they're allergic. I think it just des- there's so much like nuance that it's like if you are okay to say, Oh, this person is seeking. It's like you do not know this person nearly as well as you need to, if that's all you can say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it goes back to I think it, it really connects with what we were talking about last week about how personal your relationship with God is. Just just like your individual relationship with God is personal, so is the evangelistic approach to every single yeah. individual. Like, if you are trying... Because, like, it is good news. It is, like, the fact that the fact that Jesus has saved you and that he has this amazing plan for you, like, that is good news. Yeah. And, and the fact that you're bringing it to people, like, is good. But if you're if you're treating it like a blanket statement across everyone that you encounter, that's defeating the whole purpose of God seeking a personal relationship with you. Yeah, one of the girls that I served on net with has this unbelievable ability to preach the gospel in the most random of places. Um, mm. I she told me a story once of how she was in an Uber. And she shared her testimony with the Uber driver just because that's just a thing that she does. 
and he like was moved to tears and was like what do i do now and then she was like well let me pray over you so you can give your life to jesus and like right there in the uber the guy like committed his life to christ and then she just like went on with her day or she would go into the mall and like share the gospel with like store employees and then ask them for a discount and they would give it to her like (laughs) she's just like this little ball of like joy and energy where it's like when she is sharing the gospel with people it's so genuine and authentically coming out of she actually just thinks this is the greatest thing and needs to tell Mm. everybody and that's her personality whether she's talking about that gospel or her dog or fashion or whatever like this is just the person that she is like the stuff that she loves naturally like explodes out of her to the people around her Mm. um I know that if I tried to do that, it would be horribly fake and inauthentic um, because I know myself and ideally I know the people that I'm journeying with and I know like what approach to take or even if I'm like the right person to be journeying with them or not. Like I'm, I'm so okay with not being the only person's link to the church and to a relationship with Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, I think it is really important to know, like, how does God use you and, um, what does he want to say to the people in front of you instead of, you know, this is just what I've decided that I'm going to give to everybody and everybody is going to use this way of communicating. I guess God wants to use me to provide sarcastic commentary. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's just what he's calling you to. Yeah, I th- and, like, right before we were recording, we were talking about just, like, how, yeah, like, myself, I do not feel like I'm geared towards meeting people who are, <clears throat> who are, like, being introduced to the faith, or, like, that I have to introduce the faith to, to them, whereas, like, God, like, I've, I've found that God can really use me and my talents to take someone who, who is looking to go deeper in the faith. Yeah. Um, and, and for kind of, yeah, like journeying with them deeper rather than t- to kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like that's where I thrive the most in ministry um, is, is through that. And so I think that also speaks to just like where, where God can be calling you to ministry personally yeah just like like as some people are great like that 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 friend you were talking about who can just like go up to uber drivers and just say her testimony um i don't know i don't actually know if you specified you did say it was it was a woman right yeah (laughs) okay um but yeah she could just like say her testimony i like First of all, my testimony is not that striking to move someone to tears. <laughs> and second of all, like, like that is just not where I thrive. But yeah. God still has a plan for, for ministry for me. Yeah. And even so I guess, like, yeah. just being a normal human is all it takes sometimes of, like, yeah. you know, if she can, if she's that type of person who can meet people in that state and already build enough trust with them and, and, bring them to a point where they want to hear that from her it's like cool i can meet the same person and i could just be an, a regular per- guy and yeah. build some yeah. trust by you know like just being myself yeah. around people is like also what some people just need to be exposed to so it's like you can work yeah. in the same world um but 
be able to serve different purposes. And like, hopefully if the time comes and you need to do a bit more, she needs to dial it back. Mm-hmm. You're able to recognize that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Last, last Sunday. Uh, yeah. Last Sunday, like we had this beautiful experience where Bayswater and young, the, the young adults community in Ottawa went out for brunch uh, at this restaurant and not not on purpose but none of us got like <clears throat> none of us got anything alcoholic to drink so like there were there weren't any mimosas or anything like that um and the 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 waitress that came over to us was just like on the verge of tears because she was like i've been eight months sober today um and seeing you guys and seeing the joy that you had having not drank any alcohol i'm not saying that i just want to clarify alcohol is so good <laughs> and catholics like i don't need i don't even think i i need to say this but catholics know how to drink um well. <laughs> but but any except that this brunch apparently because no one got anything but for her that like it moved her to tears because she was like i just saw how much joy you guys had without even like needing alcohol yeah. and like it it was like a, a testament to, that she had like she had like made the right choice to go sober. That's awesome for her. And yeah. then Sam asked her for a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> this brunch is kind of dry. Can you get me something to drink? <laughs> we need this um, cool. So I think that this is a huge topic, and we probably said the things yeah. that need a lot more context to them, and should have more follow-ups <laughs> on this topic in the future. But I think to kind of summarize. It seems like um, evangel- a lot of evangelization is knowing how God works through you and being sensitive to how he wants to work through the person in front of you instead of having a preconceived notion of how things are meant to be done and coming in and just making that happen. Mm. Cool. Wait, so are we, are we saying no to the algebra equation? <laughs> algebra Dang is a no. <laughs> Dang it. I thought we I thought, I thought we hit the jackpot earlier with that. Uh, I that know. Why, that why, why disciple? <laughs> why disciple? Right. But I do like why disciple and will recommend. <laughs> you heard it here. Catholics cannot do math. <laughs> Amen. All right. I'll, I'll kick us off with our segments. Mm. Um, mine's going to be really quick. Uh, it's basically found out that Augustus Caesar, so Julius Caesar's nephew, the, the one that got stabbed, oh, that guy. they had, well, the, yeah, the guy, the salad guy and the guy that got stabbed, um, <laughs> his nephew is the richest man in all of history. Um, and it's, it is said that his wealth, when he first became emperor, was 46 trillion dollars it like the having like accounting for the the um oh what's that term crypto (laughs) (laughs) no like uh, conversion conversion to like is it conversion or inflation something like that inflation convert different currencies from one to the other and they'll have a certain ratio but then inflation is also (laughs) a big thing okay sorry so Accounting for inflation in t- 2022, he would have had like 240 or not 200. What am I saying? 46 trillion dollars. It's pretty legendary. Uh, that's a lot of money. It is. 
Joe, what's your album? Uh, okay, so I picked this one for two reasons. Because um, I was listening to it yesterday. Uh, is reason number one. And then you said we were going to talk about why we stay in a broken church, basically. Like a church that is broken. Um, so I picked uh, Confessions by Usher. Um, which features him in a confessional on the on the album cover. Uh, this this one is really cool. So this is the album like with yeah yeah. Mm. Uh, it is re- okay. It's really funny because I told you I was musically pretentious uh, as a young man, <laughs> and I hated this song because I didn't think it was very artistic. The the chorus is yeah 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 yeah. Didn't seem very deep. Didn't seem like you put a lot of thought into it. But actually, this album is a crazy, like, concept album. Like, like really intense storytelling. Um, and that that song is, like, the opening of the narrative. Uh, it's a song about, like, cheating while he's at the club. Uh, and then basically just follows everything that happens from that first song. Uh, and I was super impressed because wow. I was like, wow, this is a banger. And also just like thematically so deep. And like there's so much mm. like just just this story. Just such a mm. uh, an honest like bearing of maybe not a soul. Like it might be a fake story. But I was just like kind of shook when I realized it wasn't just just a banger, which it is. So, yeah. Confessions. Beautiful. Usher. Really good. Also, I realized I was like, I'm hitting a similar vein in a lot of these recommendations, so I need to switch it up a little bit. (laughs) Speaking of similar vein, um, I read an article in The Atlantic this time. Oh, come on! (laughs) We've been here Um, before. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, Thematically, since we're recording this in the Triduum, I read this this during the... or Sorry, in the Easter Octave, but I read this during the Triduum. Um... In the Atlantic, called a Christian response to suffering, which is really cool. Um, hmm. And basically, like you know, if you've been around Christian theology of suffering, you've probably heard this idea before. But it just bears repeating um, that the Christian theology of suffering is not when you give your life to Jesus, all of your suffering goes away and it will all be perfect. Um, and a lot of the time, the response to our suffering is not doesn't come in the form of answers it comes in the form of a person and that person is jesus christ um anyway i was just like wow this is really cool to show up in the atlantic of all places Mm. um very profound interesting article james uh i hate to do this to you um but we're probably gonna need to edit that out i was preaching the prosperity gospel like two weeks ago um this (laughs) this doesn't quite seem to line up Dang it. Uh, so you're going to have to come up with something else for your second, I think. Well, we need to come up with a statement of theology for, for next time. That can, that can unify uh, suffering <laughs> with the prosperity gospel into one, one cohesive theology. Beautiful. Can't wait to hear it. <clears throat> All right. So I, I have our next trophiest husband qualifier here. Ooh. The last person to have cooked a meal which with vegetables. I did last night. I moved back in with my parents. I haven't cooked in ages. <laughs> okay. I I usually cook when I go to Kate's house, but it just 
this past week has been crazy yeah so i made maria really well we kind of made it together but yeah we made a salad but then i also made like a big whole pasta that had a bunch of vegetables in it wait did you make a salad i made a salad and then i made a pasta with vegetables okay that counts counts. (laughs) all right james congratulations going back to back you uh, you were talking about how you you needed to you switched up the topics on us and you said we should revisit the other topics so it's true (laughs) that's true yeah cool i think that is a that is a good one and we we should we should get to it at some we have much more to say about that (laughs) yeah that's like a whole episode (laughs) all right but thank you very much everyone for uh joining us again um stay frosty or don't no they should stay frosty (laughs) no they should definitely 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 give them the choice stay frosty (laughs) of course all right thanks everybody um instagram at trophy husbands pod keep sending us these good recommendations please send in mm-hmm. some that i will win because i keep <laughs> giving ones that they win i haven't won in quite a while um so please be more helpful that way um yeah that's it we're good all right you gotta uh, say your thing you can't make me do anything james you have no you have no power here <laughs> But uh, yeah, so long for the trophy case. But that was that was that was my decision. James didn't make me do anything. I chose to say.